cannot catch a virus. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? Well, back at it again, boys. Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep. Frazzle drip deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Oh, by the way, my balls is hot. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. My balls are hot. 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 And we're back. We're back. Thanks so much for tuning into another episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Big Country. As always, on the other end of the mic, your two favorite hosts for this evening. Boys, say hello. Hello. Hey, guys. What's happening? We're all here. We are here. And full force. Full force. Full force. We're digging it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have a special guest on the show tonight, uh, a gentleman that we've been very excited to talk to. Uh, we tried to have him on the show earlier in the year, um, but, you know, um, the Kung Flu happened, and uh, so... You know, life goes on, and we were able to get him on tonight. So, uh, please welcome Mr. John Paul Rice. Thanks so much for joining us on the show, brother. Hey guys, it's a real pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, I appreciate you continuing to make the effort. I know I've had a really difficult schedule, like we all have, but um, I'm glad you hit me back up, and I'm glad we're we're together tonight. Oh, absolutely! absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, did we lose Big Country there? Nope. Sorry, did. I was. I'm here. You still I'm there, here. big country? I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, there. I think it was still recording, are. but you guys couldn't <laughs> see me for a second. Gotcha. Um, well, the the show does do better with uh, when we don't have your picture, up, to be honest. <laughs> no! So I wouldn't I'm just doubt it. <laughs> but you know, jury's still out. Jury's still out. <laughs> um, John, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody what you do. Uh, what you used to do, and then how you got to be where you are now. Sure. So uh, my background is people would know me if you search my name online, John Paul Rice. I'm an independent film producer. I've worked in Hollywood movies for over 22 years. I got my start as an actor in Remember the Titans and then uh, moved into smaller roles. I mean, these were just, you know, they weren't like big starring roles, but for a brand new actor in Hollywood, it's a pretty big deal. And um, I got an agent, a manager, uh, first six months to a year, I was going on auditions. I went out for roles like, um, you know, movies like X-Men 2, that kind of stuff. So I, I had a promising budding career. And then I got a job uh, the first, after the first six months to a year, I got a job answering phones, reading scripts. This is pretty standard in the industry. It's an entry level job at a production company. But that company was only like seven or eight people. But it had leadership from the United States and Germany involved. And they ended up making Harold and Kumar, um, Juno, The Grudge, Stranger Than Fiction. 
uh, and some other movies. Whoa. I mean, they went on to make other movies after I left. Hunger Games was the one that my uh, former boss, who was my mentor, Joseph Drake, he went on and produced that at Lionsgate. Wow. And um, <clears throat> uh, I got a lot of exposure early on in the industry to a lot of people. I mean, I was probably... At, for a 25-year-old at that time, that's a couple of years after I moved out there, uh, having meetings with studio executives at the higher levels is stuff that usually uh, filmmakers in the independent film world hope to get if they get their film in Sundance. Mm -hmm. So I had, a, I had an entrepreneurial spirit. I was very aggressive in a sense, but professional. And I didn't have a fear in calling these people up and getting meetings with them. Right. Um, I also had to have the talent to deliver on that. And through a series of misfortunate events, which at the time I was really pissed off about, uh, I had a two and a half million dollar film that was about to go and it fell apart because we had a star dropout. Uh, the whole team disbanded. We lost 80 percent of our funding in, in a series of it was it was just like after three and a half years to have the funding pull out like that and then to have started all over. Um, my business partner and I said, you know what, we're going to make a movie this year. And we ended up making that movie for a total budget of what I would have gotten paid on that two and a half million dollar one. So that was, mm -hmm. that meant I, got, <laughs> I did it for free. Uh, <laughs> but in making that movie, uh, it set me on a path that I did not realize where I was going at the time, which was independent films that dealt with issues that really mattered. Mm -hmm. And as, as, uh, 2012 to 2015 kind of came into picture. I'm not talking about just politically, but just in that time frame that I remember, mm -hmm. I saw a major shift in the industry from social issues like what I was doing about prostitution, child abuse, um, homelessness into more of the virtue signaling Marxism, the cultural mm -hmm. Marxism that you see today. And um, such to the point that I did a movie that actually there was nothing I got critiqued by an organization that I wanted backing from. And there was nothing wrong with the film's merits. In fact, they said it's a really powerful movie, but they wouldn't endorse it because it didn't have any trans, queer, uh, black. I mean, it was just like it was like a, it was like identity politics. Yeah. Not enough boxes checked. <laughs> right. And not enough boxes were checked and therefore it wouldn't be substantive to today's audiences. So we got turned right. out festival and i was just like holy cow and it's not that i thought of my film as being so good but it was a specific genre that you would just go why wouldn't you put a movie yeah. about schizophrenia and college students in front of the direct audience that it pertains to for a fact that you've never seen the subject matter brought up in this niche market before yeah absolutely and and so I didn't really know what I was experiencing. And I was a, just politically for, for your audience, I was a, I would say I was raised conservative in a Catholic home, but it was really fucked up. So I rejected a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I go out to LA and, you know, again, this is early 2000s. So we're not talking about today's <laughs> leftist. Yeah. Um, I just bought the brand like everybody else is like Democrat, liberal, good, Republican, cares more about business, all that mm. kind of shit. And then, of course, we now know where we are today. But um, <laughs> I came into this whole picture voting Obama <laughs> twice, 
then going to Sanders early on in 2015, when he was more of an economic populist, he was mm-hmm. talking about wealth and income inequality. He wasn't really playing the racial cards. He was yeah. more about he was more about addressing the needs of people. Although the prescription, the, the diagnosis was correct, but the prescription was wrong. That's the part I didn't know. So I had an evolution in watching that election be rigged. I saw it rigged, and I actually did the data analysis on. The stuff that happened during uh, this last election happened in Sanders in 2016. They literally, they literally stole the election from the people on the mm-hmm. Democratic side. I mean, he beat Hillary Clinton based on my analysis. He beat Hillary Clinton 70 to 30, 70 percent of the vote to 30 percent of the vote. Forget the superdelegates. Forget all that other bullshit. Right. Um, they rigged those elections, those machines. I, 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 I've told people I could give a whole class on this if I spent the time, but. The reality is, is that that's in the past, but it helped me wake up. Mm-hmm. And then when Trump got elected, it helped me wake up even more because I was terrified because I didn't see the other side of that equation and what yep. they were doing. But that terror launched me into learning. I said, I've got to get a hold of what has been going on in the history of this country, at least for the last 100 years. I need to see what's happened the last 20 years from 9-11 to now. I need to go back and look at the Bushes, the Clintons, even more so than I ever did before. Watch documentaries like JFK to 9-11, Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. I mean, these are just staples, you know. Yeah. And then you go from there. And in 2017, I learned about human trafficking at the higher level and then got into the satanic level, which is not just all the way up there. There's satanic shit going on in our churches. There's satanic crap going on in our institutions everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was nothing that was new, but the consciousness was rising. And I connected with um, a couple of testimonies from people, but court documents, FBI cases, uh, books. I mean, these are well-researched, fact-based. This is not somebody reading it off of a blog and a hearsay mm-hmm. a story at a party. Conspiracyfacts.org. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then and then I go and I create a child's voice, which was our film in 2017. So this is two years before Epstein. We release it in the summer of 2018. It does fairly well, getting on a couple of podcasts, and then uh, all of a sudden we come to 2020 when we have now a year after Epstein. We have Maxwell. We have Wayfair all around that time in July, mm-hmm. August of last year. And then I did an Instagram live that was just free flowing. It was about 38 minutes long. It was a live stream. I had maybe 700 uh, followers at the time on Instagram. And when I went live, I was only wanting to talk about the fact that Amazon had unpublished a child's voice off of its website. Now you can, you could, you could still find the landing page if you found it through our website, but you couldn't play it. You couldn't rent it. Hmm. You couldn't watch it. You couldn't even watch the trailer. And, um, and then when we tried to follow up with them, they said they gave us just a standard bullshit response. Um, and on Twitter the day before it had gained a lot of traction. Mike Sharonovich and a couple other people shared the fact that yes, here's the screenshot showing that it was unpublished. Here's the bullshit, you know, standard response that doesn't mean jack squat right and uh they wouldn't it was one of our top six films like we had six films on there and the justification for which if i took that application for which they said oh because of this 
and applied it to the other ones, I go, well, then three of our other movies would have been pulled off easily yeah. based on that alone. And this is one of our top selling movies. And the, and the minutes had gone up organically because everybody's searching about human trafficking. Right. So I do this video just talking about that. And then it just poured out of me for 38 minutes, um, something that wasn't rehearsed. And only five to eight people were watching on the live stream. And I sent it to a couple other people and it just blew up. Like mm -hmm. within 24 to 48 hours, I had friends on the other side of the world saying, my friends are sending this to me. People that don't even know each other are sending this to wow. me four or five times. And it turns out based on our estimates, at least where I stopped counting, 80 to 100 million people worldwide saw it in some form. Wow. It was translated into six different languages. <laughs> um, um, I found one instance on YouTube alone with a very high subscriber base of like 22 million in mm. Mexico. Uh, it had four and a half million views Damn. just on that one you know, on that one instance. I saw several on Facebook before they shadow banned Save the Children. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the whole that, reason yeah. why they were, because it just kept getting uploaded everywhere. And yeah. YouTube to this day still has a couple copies, but it's very hard to find. Yeah. Uh, it's still on my Instagram, which is remarkable. And wow. um, anyway, uh, it all of this to to recap the last four years. It's been a hell of a roller coaster ride. Um, I. I've come to new understandings of things than I did probably when you first heard me on tinfoil mm -hmm. and, um, and where I am today is I'm, I've just finished my seventh independent film called game day, which we're raising funds on GoFundMe to finish, um, the post-production, but the trailer is up there and I'll share it with you guys tonight or, or link to it. Uh, it's just a kick-ass movie about family about dysfunctional families in Philadelphia who get together every Sunday to watch the Eagles. And in this particular day, they're going to watch it versus the Cowboys and all oh, the right in the family come out and blow up over four quarters. Awesome. So, that, awesome. Sounds like my, that sounds like my everyday Sunday, my, my dysfunctional family. I love it. Wow, I think I'm going to yeah. dig that movie. What? Except you have to watch the Broncos on Sunday. There's nothing wrong with the Broncos. Okay, okay bud. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> holy cow. What an intro. Um, I'm an electrician, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I do a podcast real with people. my friends here. Um, no, it. holy cow! Um, yeah, so, so what was there like a triggering moment for you when you 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 shifted in that viewpoint from, um, you know, looking at the social matters that you were originally doing. And then really kind of pushing the, 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 the gas pedal down. Was it Epstein? Was it Maxwell? Was this already kind of something that you were working on? When you, when you say um, the shift in me, do you mean like, um, uh, like a, a change overall to my viewpoints of everything or, or kind of like the reality we live in? Or what do you mean exactly? Did you have an experience with the, the before making these movies that are big, time topics that you know these happen all the time human trafficking you know these are topics that no one wants to talk about and real social issues. yeah <laughs> rather that yes things that can affect people and make people better uh is there something that happened that shifted you out of that realm of wanting just to make regular movies that are entertaining but they'll they don't hit that home run for 
you know, this can make a difference. If we get this voice out, if we, you know, we share this message about human trafficking, I can make a huge difference mm-hmm. and, and try to make something better. I think that's what Brian was trying to say. You know, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's good. Because I, 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 it's, a, it's a general question, but I'm glad you, you specified. Um, I think it was a series of events, but making that film a child's voice, mm-hmm. doing the research, filming it, editing it, releasing it, seeing it in a theater with, you know, two to 300 people um, and, and, and watching the faces light up because something true was being spoken in that film. And it was before all this other stuff was known. Right. So I had a belief that the disclosure of this time that we've kind of lived through was going to come to fruition in a way that obviously had I had I known the outcome of the 2020 election and what was going to happen and where we would be now. Um, and you had gone back in time and told John Paul Rice, oh, by the way, you're going to make this movie and you're going to do this video. And the people <laughs> that are involved are going to be the ones who win the election. And you're going to live in that country for a while into an indefinite amount of time that you don't know. I don't know that I would have had the courage then to do it, to be quite honest. Yeah. If I'm being honest about it. Um, but there was something that moved me inside. And I would say that by what happened was, is that the human trafficking was a gateway into contemplating all the evil in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I spent two years really diving in deep to the agendas, but then really the other side of it, I was using my imagination and the emotional reality of what that could look like in my in practical life. So I started looking back at my time in Hollywood, my 19 years uh, as an actor, as a producer, all the people that I met, all the experiences I had, all the people I dated, parties that I went to, <clears throat> I started adding it up. Because I already, I mean, I wasn't like clueless that that Hollywood did not have some bad actors in it and that there were some really dark people there. But but you, even as a young man, even as you see the signs of pedophilia or the signs of, of trafficking, mm-hmm. you really don't know what you're looking at, right? You're a young man who's 23, 24, 25, even 30 years old. You don't think about these kinds of, you don't have these kind of prerogatives where it concerns examination of your own industry. You just kind of think right. it's that bad person over here or those assholes over here or just the general nature of the industry. Um, but what really happened in 2019 was that I had a, I don't talk about the details of it, but there I would call it a mystical or spiritual awakening that my whole trauma of my childhood was actually coming out because confronting this issue had awakened it and forced me to examine myself. So I went out into the world and sought all the knowledge and I came back into myself. Mm. And I had been learning about my childhood through my work. One Hour Fantasy Girl, that was a movie on prostitution. Uh, Memories of a Lost Love was uh, about child abuse in the home. And that's one of the most powerful movies I've made. It's a slow burn, but the, the ending is undeniable, undeniable mm-hmm. the, the power of it. Um, these other films on schizophrenia, so mental health, and it wasn't just about issues. 
but these were human humanized issues. Right. Sure. They were real people. They were based on real stories. So the culmination of my research, my work, and then all of a sudden, all the things that were happening. And then in 2019, something happened to me and it just didn't randomly happen, but it happened in steps. And as I've gotten more into feeling who I am beyond my identity, beyond what I think, um, starting with science and everything else that I know about the body and the mind and the spirit, um, it shifted something in a higher gear in me. Mm -hmm. And it gave me the courage to not be afraid. That's really what, I, I mean, I, I don't try to go around telling people what to do and what to believe, but I can tell right. you there is no way I would be here today if I did not have a belief in God and faith in God on a level that required faith. Absolutely. Because that, that's what proved it to me because it wasn't, it wasn't simple, simply being spiritual when everything's outside your door. Mm -hmm. You know, when it's, when it's you going through the hell and you only have yourself and you can't conceive of anything else, this other force comes in and shows you a way as you question it every step of the way. It's like, all right, I can't sit here and tell you like, hey, guys, this means this. And because of this, this is what's going to happen. It's like, no, 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 it's yeah. your movie. You've got to make sense of it. Right. You've got to deal with it. And you're the only one who gets to really live in it as you understand it. Mm -hmm. So if, if that's what we're, we're all doing, I just had to say, okay, what is the universal truths of everything going on out here? What am I? Who are you? What, what's the difference? And what's the differences that we see, but what are really the common denominators? We're all born children. Right. We're all born children in this world. And anybody who looks at a child and sits and says, that child is born with evil and the, the possibility of becoming a psychopath. And it's yeah. like, no, that's because it's up here in you. Yeah. You know, it's, this is where we're separating. We're separating from what we were born as and we're becoming more hypersexualized, more materialistic. Mm -hmm. uh, on the whole, that energy is growing. Yeah. And it's pulling people down into it. Um, anyway, I'm kind of getting off oh, track. No, 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 this is great. No, no, this is great. Is great. Especially the last part you were talking about, you know, I already need more alcohol. <laughs> the the hypersexualization of children and the materialistics and stuff like that. You know, we were all born except for Chris. He's a little bit, a little bit older, but for the most part, <laughs> all of us were born in, in, in that, that really fine era between analog and digital, you know, oh, so and we were able to experience both shit. And now having kids, you know, Chris has four kids. I have three kids. Big country's got a little tiny little guy. And um, <coughs> honestly, I, it's like I, I want them to, to live in that era that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's so difficult because the exposure is everywhere, whether it's electronics, whether it's the hypersexualization. You just, know, just, just the way that things are being produced and put out to the kids. And you think that it's okay. And then you sit down and you watch it with them. And you're like, this is not okay for kids to watch that. Right. It feels like, the, like you said, the hyper um, sexualization of just in general and everything's okay. Now, you know, you, 
And, uh, and you talked about it earlier cross too. Cross-dress story hour. Yeah, <laughs> you, you talked about it earlier Rainbow when you said pirates or whatever. They're they're checking boxes, <laughs> you know. Every every show has a, a lesbian couple in it or a gay couple in it. And don't get me wrong, my best friend is a lesbian, and I love her to death. Um, I worked She's with cool. her for years. She's, She's cool. She's, She's a great fire. person. She's a great person, you know. But exposing kids and making that okay, like from the from a young age, and just have them growing up with that and being bombarded over and over again, you know, have sex. Everyone's having sex early. Every, you know, it just it drives me crazy because. I try to really, you know, monitor what is going into my kids' eyeballs and and their ears because those are the, when you constantly are flooding them with the the sexualization of just in general kids and people and it just it ruins it and it it, yeah, it takes away their them. innocence yep. at a young age and they lose you know they're growing up way too fast as it is and I see it with my kids it's just something yeah. that I constantly battle so as soon as you said that I was like oh my god. It is, a, you know, I'm not the only one that sees this. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me go back to that. Cause it's really important for the people who have children or are thinking about having children this time uh, and after um, just to just be straight up realistic. This is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. What times we're living in. This is unprecedented. This is beyond politics. It's beyond COVID-19 It's beyond the great reset. Um, we are watching a split in consciousness permanent go forward basis where there are going to be two worlds. Yeah. It's going to be the world Absolutely. that is presented to you that you accept and believe because that is the reality. Those people are on TV. Uh, that is my president that mm-hmm. everybody's been given a villain. Everybody's been given a savior Yep. on a, on a mass psychosis level. This is not, this is never going back to the way it once was mm-hmm. the, the toothpaste is out of the tube and it ain't going back in. Yep. So what people think today and what they feel today is how they think and feel. And COVID-19 is real to them as it's told to them, as they understand it, as they have made assumptions with all their ignorances about their health, their immunity, how viruses actually work. That's what these monsters did oh, is mm-hmm. they do exactly what they do to children. They prey upon our innocence and our trust and they take our ignorances and they completely exploit them 100%. Yep. Now, to the to the thing about children, and this is really important. Yes, there are pedophiles in Hollywood. There have been for several decades, going back to Shirley Temple and before that. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is that today, their kind is all over the industry and integrated into it. Does that mean they're all satanic and pedophiles? No. But that energy is there, that lower vibrational energy. Artists are very open people. They mm-hmm. tend to vibrate. And, and this is not a condemnation of them. Artists are open people because they usually have trauma that has disturbed them enough that they didn't go through the program like the rest of us. Right. But they pay a price because they have to create through their art, which is uh, nonlinear, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... When you have that kind of environment, you have the ability to integrate the divine in mm-hmm. and tell truths, or you can use those people and lower their vibration more and kind of make it a cult. 
right. that's what they're becoming. They're becoming a cult. The, the thing that they're doing with children is this, and what most people don't realize because there's so much cognitive dissonance. You have cuties uh. and you have WAP, which is mm -hmm. called bold, feminist, and empowering to women <laughs> three years after Me Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm we like, have not even there. <laughs> we've got 60 to 70, if not 80 million people in this country alone, men and women who watch pornography on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And those people are also having children mm -hmm. today, right now, and before this time. You have children today who are exposed to pornography that doesn't even require you to go on a porn site. You can go on Instagram or TikTok and yeah. find no problem yeah. without pain. Mm -hmm. What that does to children, and I've had this brought to me by a woman whose son is eight years old and he's been watching porn for five years. Oh my God. What? She said, I don't know what to do. My little boy's soul is gone. I can't see that spark and that innocence that died from that. Jesus so, Christ. Parents need to understand very carefully that exposure of children to any of this is going to result in something being taken away from them. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you don't need to punish your kids because they, they're curious, because the world is different for everyone. When your child leaves your door and goes outside into the world, you are not there with them. Yep. You don't know what's being said to that child. You're not knowing what's being presented. That energy that is around them, they're 100% programmable the first seven years of their life, yep. which means they absorb everything that you don't say everything that you do and everything that is true and everything that is a lie. Mm -hmm. The child retains that entire record inside its subconscious mind. You're literally downloading programs into its subconscious mind, which will carry out into the world and start to test as a teenager and young adult. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there are record numbers of children today turning to Satanism as a logical conclusion to this time. Why? Because just like I have out here in Georgia, there are religious people who abuse their children. Mm -hmm. There's Christian people who abuse their children, women and men, boys and young girls. And so that is the example that they have about God and love and someone who follows Christ. Because again, do you say, well, no, it's not like that. Uh, excuse me, that's their mother and father. They are the ones that, that they're the people that are supposed to love them. Mm -hmm. So when that is violated and broken, you are putting fear and terror into somebody that they don't even have conscious understanding of, for which they are constantly feeling worthless. Part of them is feeling worthless. And what does Satan offer them? It's, it, it offers them all of the bullshit. Mm -hmm. Women's rights. That's where the Satanists come in. They come in with women's rights. They basically yeah. go up Hashtag against me too. Yes, they go up against modern day Christianity on a level that the Marxists can totally pin them down and mm -hmm. stop them. Because why? If you go to look at Little Nas X music video, Montenegro, oh, yeah. where he then released the pentagram shoe the next day and put out a video the next day that basically gave a middle finger to the entire country who had a problem with it. Mm -hmm. All the people that came out and defended Little Nas X, if you go and look at those comments, it was the LGBTQI plus. Yep. And it was all of the youth. And what were they saying? They were saying, the only reason why you don't like him 
is because the only reason why Christians have a problem with him is because they want to stop his free speech. That's number one. Number two, they're racist. And number three, they're homophobic. And we're talking, we're not talking about hundreds of comments. We're talking thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands what? with thumbs up. Boy, did, did you send, um, was it you that sent that? I forget who it was. Somebody sent a, the new Converse ad. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah, Converse, you they have the models laid out in a pentagram. Yeah. And the but guy, and, and, and in the post, the, the guy who came up with this, this designer, uh, this, this he artist. wrote about <laughs> his love of the pentagram and what it meant for him. And it's about, you know, breaking molds and all, all, yeah. the, all the same coded language that you all yep. know is just full of shit yeah yeah um, well, going... and, uh, sorry to cut you off but back to no, Lil Nas X you know he he, he came out with the uh, Old Town Road song yeah you know all the, it, they shit. turned it into right they turned it into a kids bop song like they're playing at kids birthday parties I know my uh, my youngest nephew knew that song word for word right and it was like we got this black cowboy. This is this is great. You know, country music. Not only Next not thing, only you know, a a black cowboy that's rapping, but a gay black cowboy that's rapping. I mean, yeah, you just and, and nobody, whole... <laughs> right? And nobody had an issue with his homosexuality leading up to Old Town Road, but immediately, and it was, you know, I once it happened i thought to myself how did we not see this coming because it was just a little bit of bait to get all of these people in to get this giant audience surrounded uh, you know surrounding him and then boom he's given a lap dance to satan <laughs> like out of nowhere you know i didn't i never knew that anything about lil nas x until my son was singing the song before his hockey games mm -hmm. and he loved it it's and fired you know, up. we it's fired up we lit we listened to the we listened to it. It was nothing wrong. I didn't have any issues with it whatsoever. And like you said, they dangled that carrot to a certain audience mm -hmm. because he had millions of kids just loving this song. Oh yeah. And then, and then now that he's changing the gear to this new his new late brand or however he wants to identify. Luke's the as, label. Yeah. That's yes. What it is. It is. And yeah. he he's roped all these people in. And all these people are going to give it a listen and give it a chance. And then they're going to be like, oh, this is okay. This stuff's okay. This is fine. They're I, just going to go I, with the flow, like you said, because they're young and they they can still be programmed at their ages. And they're going to buy into it. And, and this is this was an idol of theirs, someone that they like, someone that's Correct. clearly famous, you know. And, I mean, it after after watching him do the Nike shoe – and the, the the satanic lap dance and all that it irks me yeah when i hear a song i have to change it immediately you know what i yeah. mean because the idea that they like you said chris they targeted a certain audience and then they switched it immediately and we see it happen all the time with with young disney stars you know hannah montana and everything like that yeah. it's immediately straight to the sex kitten phase yeah, yeah. certainly. They start them all. They're they're right. What they do, especially with the women, they start them off innocent, mm -hmm. and then gradually they start to sexualize them, and then eventually, yeah, I mean, Hannah Montana. Now looking at Miley Cyrus in the last two years, I mean, I said this in my video. She did a music video with her mother in 2019, I think, or in the beginning of 2020. I mean, she has claws and teeth on her vagina. 
in a skin tight red. I, and, and I'm not like, to, oh, look at how horrible and immoral that is. The messaging that's going out there to yeah. young girls and boys. And she did a she did a mock blood ritual. See, I want to tell you, this is the thing. Do these stars sell their souls? Yes, they do to get at that love. They absolutely do. Or they mm-hmm. have the best ones are the ones that are unaware, but they never take the chance to not, you know, they're not going to put somebody in that position that's going to crack. Exactly. Spears did, but she's rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Bynes did. There's several others that, that have cracked and quote suicided themselves that you never hear about. Yeah. Um, you know, K-pop stars, all that same shit's gone on over there. It's yeah. not any different. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that they put those things and those agendas in place, but they need people like little Nas X and the weekend and others who are true servants because they're going to be the flag bearer. They're going to go out there and they know what they're going to do and they yeah. know why they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing it to serve their monster, their, their God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know this sounds really bizarre for people because before nope. last year, you wouldn't even think that, you know, Hollywood could really come the face of Satan. Oh yeah. And they're doing it like the mask is coming off. Um, yeah. The one thing I do want to say in conclusion to this, and we can talk about children too, uh, just in terms of how to protect them in the general sense from this stuff is um, evil in this time is manifesting in the three dimension. So in the past, we had our illusions that were shown up to us mirrors, right? Mm-hmm. If it was Clinton, I'm just using politically, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, Sanders, whatever it was, that is all gone. That, the trust, Donald Trump was the last one who had any juice in the system to to flash it one more time, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, that doesn't mean we're going into totalitarian communism or or definitely that energy is there and it's going to be feature in our society and basically what's happened is this we're going to move into places that are authoritarian and ones that are libertarian mm-hmm. because the the false right left the the republican democrat the political right. are done yeah they're yeah. over yeah in terms of the majority mm-hmm. yeah. the only thing that you can maybe get out of them now is a revenge election yeah <laughs> so so I'm not saying that that's all going to go away, but I'm just saying the way that the world once was before is no more. And what that mm-hmm. means is that evil no longer has any more growth. So it can only contract, mm-hmm. but it has to take everything it can with it in the third dimension. Yeah. So it needs the mind and the bodies in order to make that possible. Absolutely. So they're raising a cult for Satan that is going to have long long-term impacts that are not seen today and i'm not trying to worry anybody okay because we'll deal with that when we get there this is uh right. this is an undercurrent that's growing and this is my pledge this is my plea to parents love your children this much more right now mm-hmm. spend time with them put your phone the fuck down stop getting involved in bullshit and spend time with your children. Because let me tell you, the 100%. time that you don't spend with them now is a void that is going to grow over time and the world will come in and they will fill that void for your child. 
If wow. you don't speak to your child, somebody else will. Yep. Yeah, if, if you're, you're not feeling your child, somebody yeah, else will. Those people who give their time and their lip service to your child are not speaking and spending time with them in the way that you would. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 If, you're not, if, if you're not filling your children's cup with love and everything else, something that somebody else is going to pour their whatever they want into that cup. And it's probably not what you want or how you want your kids to be or what they want. You want them to get for sure. hundred percent. And, and the thing is this guys is that technology is going to take off on a level that we have not seen before. Mm -hmm. Pornography is going to become standard with virtual reality. Um, suits doll. I mean, we have not seen like ready player one. Yeah. The technocratic smart city essentially, mm -hmm. that is going to be deployed in response to this time. See, what I'm watching here just in Atlanta, okay, so Keisha Bottoms, the mayor, who who promoted defunding the police, but they did yeah. it in a different way here. And see, what they did is they took, right after George Floyd, they had another guy who tried to get away and escape, mm -hmm. and he grabbed a taser, and he reached to yep. fire at the guy, and the guy yep. shot him. Okay, We're so you make a racial killing, right? Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. the first thing. Standard. standard then, then they come in, but here's what they did, and this is why it's important people understand. The cops are not stupid, okay? So what did they do? <clears throat> they brought the DA in who put a case on both officers mm -hmm. and turned one of the officers against the other one to testify against him <laughs> to give him the death penalty. Wow. And that was to set a precedent so that all the other officers would be put on notice that you could be tried for killing someone in, in self-defense. Mm -hmm. And you know what happened that night? 500 officers turned their badge in and said, you go fucking run the city. Good for them. And the majority of those officers, don't forget this, 57% of Atlanta police force is black. Black, yeah. So they all know it's a bunch of shit. Yep. Now, what these people are doing a year later, Keisha Bottoms comes out and gives a press release or a press conference the other day. She says, well, we've seen a surge in violent crime all around the country and in our own fair city over the last year. And I've sat down and I've taken a, a uh, we, we've started to launch a new initiative. We had a, you know, whatever, they're, they're gathering or whatever. And we're talking about new initiatives, new initiatives to get this violence under control. So that doesn't mean police. It means surveillance. Yeah. It yeah. means control modification behavior tactics in order to suppress the violence or make it go away altogether yeah so, which 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 isn't going to happen all that's going to happen is that's just going to drive up the views on world star you know what i mean you got more videos of people getting the shit kicked out of them people getting shot you know i mean it, it's we see what was it i think chicago this past weekend there was like over 30 people killed five of them uh five of them were injured were police officers and i think a couple of them might have passed away from it but we've seen in the democratic areas where they want to take away the police force of course the violence raises yeah. up you know what i mean and it's it's really sad to see because we're seeing elderly people get caught in the middle of all this we're seeing children get caught in the middle of all this and it's just to prove a point you know what i mean it's 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 to hold up this 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 paper this paper fact. You know, of, the the funding the police they got what they wanted by doing that and going after the officers the way the way they did. They got exactly what they wanted. They wanted to defund them. So how can we do it sneakily? 
you know, will come in and, you know, take away the officer's ability to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if when I'm on duty, I'm coming home to my family. I'm going to do what I have to do to defend myself, defend my people around me to get home safely. If you take that, uh, that ability away, you're going to see that all over the place it is a mass exodus of, of officers. And that's what they want. So, they and you know, when stuff like this happens, that's why the people push the way they do to go after the officers, mm -hmm. you know, and there's, I'm not saying that every officer is good. Just like in, like in Hollywood, in your experience, you're going to have pockets of bad, bad people. And unfortunately they get through it, you know, but the majority of us good officers, we do everything we can to, to do everything right. You know, mm -hmm. and it kills me when I see good officers that made good decisions that did things the right way and be criminalized like how it was in Atlanta. It breaks my heart. You know, it makes this job a tough, tougher than what it is already. Cause it is a tough job, mm -hmm. you know, to be afraid to use, um, the tools that we have to be able to defend ourselves, it just shatters we're, my soul. We're, we're it's seeing it something now with the with the La Mesa PD officer. Yeah, it's um, happening. It's happening here in, yep. in this area. They're going off after an officer, and he ended up losing his job. He ended when, up losing his job. He had already been cleared by Internal Affairs for no wrongdoing, um, but the DA is is trying to press criminal charges against him. He's lost his job. Uh, it's hard for him to go out in public because people will recognize him. And, um, you know, he, he stopped a young black kid for, for, he was sitting in front of the trolley stop for hours. Um, he was smoking at the trolley stop, which, which is, is not allowed. And when the officer approached him, everything's on body cam. Um, when the officer approached him, the kid gave him attitude, uh, got in his face, got really aggressive with the officer. The officer sat him back down on, on the bench he was on. Of course, cell phones were out and, um, that incident caused a riot out here and they burnt down a church. They burnt down um, a couple of banks. Mm -hmm. um, they looted several businesses, set a couple of other businesses on fire. And um, the, the portion of the video that they showed on most of the local news was just of the officer uh, putting his hand on his chest and, and, and pushing him to sit back down after he got in his face and they drug that officer through the mud. Um, but his fight's kind of taken a turn. Thankfully, his wife has, has been fighting her ass off to get his name cleared and uh, expose the DA for, for what he is. So good. But no, it's, you it's, have to, you have to stand up to these bastards absolutely. because they just use, it's no different than the media just character assassinate you mm -hmm. for telling the truth. Yeah. And, and they're using it for an, to make an example and also stroke flames and all that shit. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is that, and and I, I don't go as far as like somebody, may, I'm not using her to attack her. I'm just using her name. Candace Owens will make very, you know, declarative statements about police and this, that, the other. And it's like, it's like, um, are there not fucked up doctors who, mm. you know, it's, it's no different. It's like what Chris, what you say is like, look, are there not doctors out there that commit medical malpractice? Mm -hmm. I mean, go on, go on New York's website, you'll find hundreds of them every year. And these are people that paid with for degrees, yep. you yes. know, gynecologists who, mm. who assault their patients. I mean, that's simple stuff. I mean, it's yeah. bad, but I'm saying this abuse is, is in people. It's not in professions. Exactly. Correct. Professions yeah. don't, if you do policing properly, you are putting somebody out there that's taking a risk with their life to do what? 
Psychological motivations of each individual are very unique, but there's mm -hmm. a common denominator with that. Yes, there are people that want to brandish a gun because they want that power. They want to have that authority. The only thing that I would say that Colin Kaepernick ever did right was at the very beginning when it wasn't put on the news. And he said, I just think that we have people in this country who go to hair school to learn how to cut hair in cosmology school. And they have to go there for three years and $60,000 to get a license to trim my hair. Mm -hmm. Whereas the guy who's brandishing the gun and walking out there has got six months tops in training and they give him a weapon. And, right, and no, that's yeah. not to say that those processes have to be equal, right? Because yeah. they're very, they're different dynamics. But exactly. he was making a valid point of going, why are we making these people do all of this? Now, what his motivations were and all of that, as I've said before, this motherfucker took a check oh, from yeah. Nike. And he doesn't <laughs> speak a goddamn word about the slave labor that's going on over there or exactly. the Uyghur Muslims that are in camp by the millions where they're raping their own women to, mm -hmm. to start a new bloodline. So, so fuck him and his <laughs> bullshit. No, he got paid to divide the country. Oh, he absolutely progressive, did. Progressives like I used to be were debating the merits of racism in NFL, like, like as though this guy was like sacrosanct. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, it's just, it's one of the most crazy things I've ever seen. And thank God they caught Jesse Smollett because if yeah. that motherfucker had done it, he would have been on every single talk show. He would have published his book along with his music album. And, and he would have laughed his motherfucking ass all the way to the bank. And that's not Absolutely. because he's black, dude. That's because he's a narcissistic motherfucker who doesn't yep. give a goddamn about anybody. Anybody. Exactly. Self-motivation. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. White people exactly. do it too. It's right. not a racial thing. Well, Asshole and that, and assholes. Exactly. I I was I was just like you said I was one of these people who are trying to defend Colin Kaepernick right he's my favorite football team San Francisco 49ers hey. my, I still have I still have jerseys of his right and there's it all of the sudden he he and and it was and it's really fictitious he all of a sudden he became this fictitious radicalized black guy you're forgetting that like his adopted now. family yeah, exactly. But you're forgetting that his adopted family is white, and he here he is talking about white privilege and this and that. And if that's really the case, which we all agree here that white privilege is bullshit, but if that's really the case, then you benefited from all of that. So you should be the last person sitting in front of a camera telling people how they should feel. And like you said, he was collecting check after check after check. They made a big deal about... So let's face it. His last year in the NFL... He wasn't the worst quarterback, but he definitely wasn't on top of his game. There's right. a big reason why they didn't sign him. Part of it is because they knew they were going to lose a lot of viewership. It had nothing to do with his playing ability. Mm -hmm. And the second part of it is, is that they knew that whether they could get him to keep his mouth shut, stay off of a knee or do whatever, his family and his friends wouldn't. Right. He was about to get signed with the Baltimore Ravens before his his girlfriend or fiance or whoever called the owner a slave owner and compared him to, to, you know, whipping people out on the field. So they terminated that and <laughs> moved on. And it's like you, you, you're shoving your own foot in your mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, he, got, he got offered to come to Denver. He got offered to come to Denver and, and he was getting offers, you know? People are saying he's not in the league because he's black and he's kneeling. Well, that's not true at all. 
And, um, you know, I defended him a lot because originally, uh, when he took a knee, it was actually a Marine, a former Marines, um, uh, suggestion that he do that as a form of protest. Um, right. And a lot, and, and, yeah. And a, and a lot of people don't remember that, you know, but then it was like, he went from this wholesome football player with a, with a, you know, with, with, um, contracts from Jaguar and stuff like that to, this panther militant you know and that was it was like, out of like nowhere he's out there facing fire hoses or some shit yeah but <laughs> you have the same thing with lebron james right and he's talking yeah. about how he's afraid to leave his house yeah. and, and his kids are no he's not Jesus. lebron james hasn't had a hard day in his life since before middle school okay that guy he was getting fed and i seen it here i i went to i i graduated the same year as reggie bush right Reggie Bush played the same tune. Um, my parents you know, had it hard. That kid was driving a brand new H3 Hummer in high school. Rolex watches. Parents got their house paid for. And the, all they do is talk about how hard they had it. They didn't have it hard at all. No. Cushy as, as can be. Yep. You know, And it's amazing to hear them talk about how hard it is out here. But nobody's out in the inner city. Sure, LeBron opened a school in Cleveland. Haven't heard anything of, about it with since. With the help of Oprah? Hopefully not. Oh God! Um, so she's out here farming kids too. Let me. Uh, I wanted to make two two points here because kind of circling back, like Hermione Granger does. Um, <laughs> so as you were talking, John, like two things had popped into my head earlier when we were talking about how what they what they do with kids now and the over sexualization and they say the satanic messages and things like that. And when 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 I was younger, um, and watching cartoons and. I was real into wrestling and I, I just, it just dawned on me that like some of my heroes growing up, they flipped the script too. Only then we didn't really know about it. We didn't really know what was going on. So mm -hmm. for example, uh, Hulk Hogan, right? Macho man. You had diesel, big sexy, right? You had, um, Scott Hall who was Razor Ramon, right? Had all these guys that I used to watch and idolized, right? And boy, maybe you remember this, but we just didn't realize it at the time. What did they do in WCW? What What do you mean? They turned they, into a group. When, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. They the they NWO. turned into the NWO. Yeah, the New yeah. World yeah. Order, the Wolfpack. Right? Yeah, and and yeah, and Hulk Hogan went from uh, a real All American hero to Blackbeard. You know, uh, drinking, getting in trouble, and and women all around. It was definitely a strange thing to see. Yeah, and I had no idea what the New World Order was when I was, you know, nine or whatever. Walking you know, around yeah. with NWO shirts yeah. on. And I'm like, yeah, Wolfpack, bro. And I'm like throwing up <laughs> devil horns, and I'm not realizing it because I'm like spray painting <laughs> stuff in the backyard, NWO, you know. <laughs> but just the other night... um, Boy, I think, Chris, I might have mentioned this to you guys. So on, um, n my wife and I don't have any streaming services. We have, we have Peacock that's free. And then, mm -hmm. uh, well, t our T-Mobile, they pay for Netflix, right? So yeah. on Peacock, they released, um, the nineties cartoons. So there's like mm -hmm. Rugrats, Cat Dog, all these shows that I watched when I was a kid. Rocket Power. Loved yeah. Rocket Power, right? This group of kids that were extreme sport kids. And when we were younger, we didn't do any of that, but we just thought it was cool, right? There's this cartoon. <laughs> Episode two, right? I'm watching it with Storm Shadow, 
and we're sitting there watching it. And Reggie, who's the girl, she's on like a half pipe and she like goes up in the air and like distinctly does this this move where you can see the bottom of her skateboard, all seeing eye. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, motherfucker, it was there too. <laughs> like, yeah. what the hell, man? And we thought we made it out of the 90s, you know, clear Scott and not being free. bombarded with bullshit, but nope. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. And it was, it, it, but the thing is, is it was there, but I feel like we were able to occupy ourselves with so much other stuff, not yeah. necessarily entertainment, that it never really soaked in. And, and I think they knew that. And yeah. now it's fucking hyperdrive. When we were kids, when I'm an old man, oh. but we, we would uh, take our bikes, we'd go riding. Be gone. We'd just be out all day. We'd ride down to the park. We'd play basketball all afternoon and we'd ride back. If we were, if we come home when the street lights get come that, on, we get the page, mm-hmm. we get our pagers, we go off with 911. That meant, hey, come, it's time to come on home. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, I've got a cell phone, I've got access to the internet. Um, I could sit and look at porn all day or whatever. You know, right. it, it's none of that. We yeah. didn't have that. We were occupying our times with other things. Yep. And now it's every kid's got a phone. If your kid is eight years old and doesn't have a phone, well, why doesn't he have a phone? Oh, What's dude, what? flip phone coming your way, Dom. This, yeah. is the, this is the stuff that, you know, we don't see the long-term consequences because mm-hmm. it's normalized in front of us. And, you know, the dependency, the codependency on technology is really where they're pulling humanity away from itself on yep. a whole. Because, because the way that technology is being offered is, I mean... Transhumanist agenda, you get into all these agendas and you're like, well, what does this really mean? This means that trillions of dollars has been planned out mm-hmm. to create a system that offers every artificial mechanism that your biology can do. Yeah. And, and they'll actually, it's sort of like the reason why AI exists at, on the whole is because with DARPA, what they want to get in is they want to figure out how to turn this connection off to God. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes Absolutely. down to. And I, I don't try to give people a preach about this, but I'm just like, if you add up Jeffrey Epstein and you look at Ghislaine Maxwell and you look at his, her sisters and you can go to Whitney Webb, Whitney Webb's solid on this research. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, I'll just give you one thing. Ghislaine Maxwell sister, I forgot which one developed the Homeland Security software back in 2002 or 2003. And they also deployed, and when I say Homeland Security software, like surveillance software, proprietary software, this is in bed with the United States government at the highest levels. And they're going over into other countries and they're deploying um, software for tracking of flights, tracking of passengers coming and going from the country and they're making those records delete like that so they have wow. no trace of people coming and going of the How ones fucking that they convenient. Want. <laughs> um but these were but these were systems that were deployed and when you get into Epstein and all of the people that he was connected to just through the edge.org you know billionaires club that he helped fund Bill Gates and Bezos and all those guys are members of when you start going into those, the literature of what they think of human beings, specifically children, I came across this one article from 2017 by a New York Times bestselling author who made a declarative statement that started on, I won't get into the topic, but he, four paragraphs down, he says, 
Indeed, human beings are, at the earliest of our years, among the most useless creatures in all of the animal kingdom. Wow. Oh, okay. Right. And that, and that, that when he got through that paragraph, <laughs> citing no data whatsoever, these are declarative statements, because their viewpoint is that children and their childhoods are what hinder the progress of humanity. Jesus because Christ, they believe Christ. in singularity. They believe that AI is a bio upgrade for us. But what we're going to be giving away is our autonomy, our sovereignty, our soul. They want our soul. They want to trap our soul. They want to take our soul. They want to lower our vibrational frequency. They do not mm -hmm. want souls to ascend. What we are here to do, forget our day-to-day -day work and everything else. In our lifetime, the role that we play as a human being, if we're going to change this time, and I'm not mm -hmm. talking about that there will not be things that will happen that will change as a result of this time. I'm talking about if humanity is to come along at a higher level of consciousness, then it must become aware of itself and its true, intrinsic, biological, beautiful, designed, child of God level abilities, right. which are compassion, intuition, empathy, feeling, mm -hmm. emotion, intuition, uh, telepathy. Children are completely programmable. When I say they're pro completely programmable, they absorb everything even your thoughts have energy. Yeah. And when we're talking try about like, you, know, you see, try when you talk about like seeing NWO or the all seeing eye and all that, what that is, those are energies mm -hmm. that are being projected out through symbols that have through, without getting into great detail, if you go into Tesla energy, frequency, and vibration, and you look at the quantum field, all of this is playing a role in energies all around you that are keeping you locked in to their ideas. Into the matrix. We're in the first time in his, human history, well, in our time, where there is a complete pull away from that. Yeah. Right? There's a split going on. We see it politically, but it's more socially and social mm -hmm. cohesion-wise, where let's just say it like this. If everybody is lowered down to a state where we go, please, God, get rid of these people, make it stop. And then we and then that happens. And then we're given a new time to walk into a new world to walk into. Mm -hmm. People will step right into it because it will be better than anything that we have now. And this is why I'm doing these podcasts and these shows, because I'm not trying to tell you there's another fear on the horizon that you have to have. You've got to deal with what you've got in front of you right now. Right. And that's enough. But you have to be smart not to retire the lessons from this time, even if all the bad actors are arrested. Mm -hmm. just, just hear me out on this. Even if we got rid of all the satanic pedophiles out there, these are the names on the world stage. Mm -hmm. That energy is not going away. Even if they shut down Hollywood tomorrow, all of that energy would not stop. There will never be an election that will stop any of this ever yep. again. Right. And what I mean by that is that everything is going to accelerate and move in a new trajectory that is not seen today. Mm -hmm. Everything that came before now is a dress rehearsal for the future. So transhumanism, transgender, um, self-identification that is non-binary, it's basically taking you off 
the chains of your biological DNA mm -hmm. born in intrinsic values and making you an empty vessel for which the world of Satan will come in and give you an identity if that's what you yep. need. Just there are people who literally everyone. say, young people today who are spiritual, who have talked about how having their own pronoun makes them feel safe to be able to go <laughs> outside and be accepted. Exactly. And that's so strange to me because... You know, when you're a kid, you're trying to find your identity. What do I want to be? What do I what do I like? You know, and it's very hard, especially when you're getting up through adolescence and you're 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 super impressionable. Um, but now you see all these children talking about how um they're bisexual or they identify as this and that. Like there's so many labels and tags. Mm -hmm. And like you said, when they when when they're using these um labels, it's that's that's their whole personality from then yeah. on out and it's it's just really um this this is the swell right you mm -hmm. know this is this is just the swell we're not even at the break yet and and anybody who thinks like you said there's no election that's going to stop this anybody who thinks that this is where it's going to stop for for trans this and and all the transhumanism and technology yeah it's just going to keep skyrocketing and, and so many people are feeding into it. So many people are, you see everyone on social media, you don't have pronouns in your biography, you know, um, you don't have this and that. And, and yeah, my pronouns are fuck you, my pronouns. <laughs> but, but then it's immediately, right. If you say, I don't need pronouns, you're a boy. I, I I'm a boy. This is how we're identifying each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a name. You can call me by my name if you choose. Then you're you're transphobic, you're homophobic, you're racist, mm -hmm. and they're attacking immediately on site, right, to discredit you as a person, to make it seem like you're um you're beneath them because you're not abiding by these weird new standards that literally came out of nowhere, you know. Now they're telling children. I I just uh, was telling these guys the other day that a, a guy that I work with, his son asked him how many genders there were. And he had to explain to him, uh, there's only two, <laughs> you right. know, and, and, and it's so strange that now this is where we're at. Yeah, we have right. to explain to our kids biologically how a male and a female are born, you know, and, it's, it's, and it's, maybe, uh, maybe this is a bit of like John, what you, what you were just saying, um, perhaps this is what was meant by, um, Q. Oh, I said, I said, the, I said the letter. Oh, well, there we go. Um, we're gone. <laughs> you, you can't stop what is coming, and and maybe yeah. that plays into this. And and as you were talking earlier, uh, John, when you had said that left and right is done, right? Uh, matter of mm -hmm. fact, the wife and I uh, registered as libertarians this year. Um, mm -hmm. but I think subconsciously, people in society are picking a side. And if you want to mm -hmm. put a label on that, I say that there's two labels. There is those who are choosing to go with the Great Reset, and then those that are mm -hmm. choosing to go with the Great Awakening. And mm -hmm. not to say that I'm declaring that I am part of the Great Awakening, just self-consciously through so our actions. So you're part of the Reset then, huh? No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> fully unvaccinated. Okay, okay. I'm unvaccinated. Okay. I'm unvaccinated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but we're making these, these conscious decisions, and we're not mm -hmm. even realizing really that we're picking a side. But, but we kind of yeah. are. Right. Yeah. And it's not yeah. necessarily like saying like, yes, I'm with this person on this side, mm -hmm. but there's a split of complete 
and total opposite ideologies right now. Not even necessarily yeah. politically, just through society. Where do yeah. you lie in society? And I feel like there's two sides right now. And that's yes. the split yeah. that we're yeah. seeing. That's kind of how we, we sort of view like Coke or Pepsi, right? I mean, I'm yeah. not trying to make Root it stupid beer. like that. But it, but it is. Um, I did a podcast a um, couple of weeks ago. And this is not something that we can have to go in. We don't have the time to go into the depth of it. Now, I'm not an expert on it, but Ian McGilchrist is probably one of the most brilliant minds that I've come across in this time, who is written previous book, a previous book called The Master and the uh, Emissary. Now, most people don't read books today, but if you want to go on podcasts and listen to what he has to say about the right and left brain hemispheres, now everybody already starts to think politically alone, mm -hmm. but here's what I'm going to tell you that is very important to understand why this, this time is what it is. They have taken all the attributes on the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, and they've inverted them through the identity of the left and the right. So what that means is the intrinsic, these are intrinsic born in values that when, when everything is working together, it's in harmony. Mm -hmm. The left and the right hemisphere of the brain do not go at it with each other. And, and all of them actually, <clears throat> the function of the left hemisphere, listen to this, is this part of your brain brings in information according to its filter. Mm -hmm. it, it classifies, categorizes. I, I'm not using the exact language technically on the scientific level, but what it does is it's got analysis. It's driven by facts, logic, ideas, mathematics, reasoning. Mm -hmm. It is uh, a literal interpreter of the world it perceives. Right. What it does is it serves that information to the right hemisphere without any discussion, and the right takes that information over and it begins to process meaning out of it and understanding from it so it creates it has to create its sense of reality with the information it's being given what is that that is a parent to child relationship mm -hmm. okay absolutely and the right hemisphere is a nonverbal functioning part of the brain mm. which is the child and it is feminine and the divine mm -hmm. masculine is over here in the left and when you have the time that we're in where everybody's left hemisphere has been overstimulated, mm -hmm. you start making these choices of one or the other, yeah. one against the other, and you, and you reinforce that. So with these, so, so here's, here's how it plays out in real life. Ben Shapiro says facts over feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what is he saying? He's basically cutting off himself to his inner child because He's going facts on the left hemisphere are now co-opted by the right political paradigm. And mm -hmm. therefore they cut off the feeling, which is also the intuition as born into you as a child. Wow. So, so, so we are co this dualistic system and the inversion of truth has created a weapon that goes in and creates and destroys all of the intrinsic born in values that we have as children. And here's where it gets really fucked up. Today, how you see what I was saying on the left hemisphere being masculine mm -hmm. and the right hemisphere being feminine. Mm -hmm. Today, because of this inversion, we have more people on the feminine side becoming masculine, 
more people on the male side becoming feminine. Oh, wow. And this has multiple. <laughs> oh, my God. This is why the paradigm is over because they've gotten everything they can out of the old system. They're going to squeeze it and suck it out. Yep. And I do believe, and this is my, if there's any theory I have out there, I do believe Q was a psyop, but not in the psyop sense that is what everybody thinks it was and has put it away. It's mm -hmm. multiple phases of what it does. Sure. First, it divided the country. January 6th was a spike down the middle that drove the, 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 the separation in two. Trump mm -hmm. was the mirror that flashed the ugly face to the liberals and the hero to the conservative. Um, let's just say the the refugee base of the right and right. moderates along with whoever Democrats were last to be sane, right? Mm -hmm. So those are four years sustained campaigns with all of this trauma, sexual abuse raised. And then year four is giving you fear of death by the billions. It takes mm -hmm. everybody out of their illusion. They're getting locked down. They're being stopped. Everything is hitting right? And every yep. car behind it is crashing. And we have record numbers of suicides, depression, alcoholism, addiction, drug overdoses, domestic violence, child abuse, starvation, poverty, off the charts, just blowing up, right? Right. And why is that that we're now in this situation? Because they've blown up the system socially in the cohesion sense which gets them the place that they need in order to do the great reset because consciously you have to change. They could never get away with any of this shit if they presented it to you at face value. Right, right, exactly. They have to create a fear ritual, a trauma ritual. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing right now, and this is important, is not that you can't report on news. You should report on news. You should inform people what they need, what you think, what you're seeing they need to do to give them something to like go, okay, where can I go? What can I do? The way in which all of this begins to unfold over time is that we're at a point where we're going to be looking at each other as enemies for mm -hmm. a very long time. Yep. And that doesn't mean that we're going to be battling in the streets forever, but there's going to be a truce at a certain point. And this is what I was talking about with Q. It's like once they get everything they can out of this expression of it, they will flip the script yep. and give us a new face, give us new managers, give us new systems to be able to correct mm -hmm. the human behavior that has been exhibited. Because after all, we can't, we humans themselves can't organize themselves enough. This centralization is going to lead to liberal colonies in cities. Mm -hmm. Atlanta, New York, LA, those are flagship stations. The energy is there. It's not politics. It's psychological yeah. energy. It's psychic energy. The collective, the being of the collective. Yep. And what we need to remember is that if we go back to the child, I mean this in all sincerity, it's not only just loving your kids and raising them, but to learn how to be creative, to learn how to play again, to learn how to stimulate both right and left hemispheres when the left hemisphere is overstimulated here's the thing this is what they talked about and and ian said this is that once the left hemisphere believes itself to be greater than the right hemisphere now in terms of its 
stimulation, like mm -hmm. um, activity. What we're talking about is the parent to the child relationship. That parent becomes narcissistic. And that parent says the child's needs are not as greater than my own or equal to. And then it becomes evil and tyrannical. And that's where we're in. That's the time we're in because those individuals who feel that way and believe that it is true and they're going to create the world or they're going to be given the world that they want and mm -hmm. we will have our world, at least at the beginning. Right. It's going to be, but, but people are going to be pulled in because of this digitization. That's the problem. And Mm -hmm. I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but I want to tell people go to one website tonight, and that is Corey Diggs, Corey's Diggs, Corey's Diggs.com. Mm -hmm. She has on there three forms. She's got the form for the school. She's got the form for the workers to get out of getting the vaccination. She's Beautiful. got, uh, there's a religious exemption out there. She's also written articles on the digital blockchain technology that's being deployed. She's got a three-part um, three-part series out there. It's not, it's not a pod. I mean, she has a podcast too, and she explains a lot of this, but you got to go in and read this stuff because these are 30 page reports that are free that she's putting her blood, sweat and tears. Wow. Into, and she is giving you the names of the people, the companies that are involved and what their agendas are and how they're going to roll them out. Wow. That's amazing. That's and amazing. She's with Catherine Austin fits for the people that know the Solari report. So, mm -hmm. um, I just strongly recommend that people, this thing about the child is so important, returning to a sense of play and creativity because mm -hmm. the world will strip that out of you. Our education system, this yep. is the truth, guys. 98% of all children born are born with a genius creative level mm -hmm. intellect. Okay. Yeah. By the time we're 30 years old, it gets diminished down to less than 2% of the population. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that are running everything. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Man. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and see, I've always thought that people, especially like uh, people holding office, right, elected officials and things like that, that there's something inherently wrong with them. Like you have to crave something different than everybody else in order to want to hold on to some sort of position of power like that. Mm -hmm. um, and and the the older you get, the more you see, you get into politics and things like that, the more you see it in these people and um, their interactions with, with other people, even their interactions with children. I mean, we see it with Joe Biden all the time when kids are around and it's very unsettling, but it they don't know. It's like they forgot how to be a person. And like you said, they lose that child side of them. And my my dad says this often. He He always tells me that especially now that he has grandkids, right? But growing up, he used to tell me, I wish that I could meet you at the age you were at so we could play together. You know, and he said, if he had one wish, he would, if he could be an eight-year-old to play with eight-year-old me, you know what I mean? And so the more you talk about that child brain and, and, and getting back in touch with that, the more I think about what that really means, you know, what he's actually saying and uh and how amazing that is but it's i, I mean how do we how, how do we, we go about it yeah. no this is important because people go okay great you told me all this horrible shit uh, <laughs> like, okay well you're we're fucked no uh, you're not um the truth of the matter is is that there's several 
practical things you can do to start reducing your, I mean, obviously you've got to look at your digital footprint and what you're really mm -hmm. out there and what you're really doing in terms of um, how much time you're spending online, where you're right. your attention, right? That's mm -hmm. conscious awareness. That's just watching yourself. It's not racing through your thoughts to try to figure out problems so much as just, yep. just watch what you're doing. Take a moment to just breathe mm -hmm. and calm yourself and get grounded. And going outside for 20 to 40 minutes a day and putting your bare feet on the ground, putting it on the sand, putting it on the dirt, mm -hmm. putting it on the grass, if it's not treated with chemicals. Right. Um, you are you are literally healing yourself on a level that you are getting better health benefits out of doing that 20 40 minutes a day than you are going to the gym yeah okay now gym you'll get stronger and all that but i'm talking about your blood pressure your mood your all all of your natural self in, in inflammation if you got varicose veins any of this stuff you can read these books on grounding and earthing and they even have grounding and earthing mats that you can buy for like less than a hundred bucks to cover a queen size bed. Yeah. Uh, these are with silver. Um, it's, you, you just read about the technology. It's, it does work. I use it. It mm -hmm. has helped me. It is probably the best free therapist you can find. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that people need to look into is uh, havening, havening technique. Um, this is really, really powerful stuff because it elicits Delta brain waves. Just by rubbing your your the sides of your arms, I mean, there's a technique to it, a process to it, but it's essentially right. this and doing this for 15 minutes and closing your eyes and and focusing on the instead of focusing on the problem and trying to fix it, you focus on what you're feeling and how on a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest and ten being the highest, what that level of pain is, right. and then beginning to see how after each 15 minute session that you do yourself it'll reduce by two or three levels every single mm -hmm. time almost nothing and here's the thing we we barely know anything about our health and our chemistry and our biology yep. but inside your brain whenever you have any kind of stimulation of trauma whether it mm -hmm. be from your childhood to now one instance or multiple these little cells in the abdullah uh, the open receptors that leave the cell and they go up like, like that, like oh, wow. to there's something, there's a threat, right? Mm -hmm. So these receptors are perceiving a threat, but the receptors don't drop back down in the cell. They stay out there mm. because the reason for which is that it affects your intuitive uh, behaviors so that you can always know that there's a threat on the horizon somewhere and you can oh, respond wow. to it without knowing where it's coming from. Yeah. But havening, what that does over time is it makes those receptors drop back into the cell and all of the film that, that coated it because it creates a, like a little tiny paste, mm -hmm. all of that paste drops into the cell. And what the cell does is it expels all of it out and it destroys it out of your body. Wow. So you're talking about permanent trauma healing. Um, there's amazing. other Doing it with others is always great. Emotion freedom technique. These are things that... When we talk about trauma, I'm not talking about severe sexual abuse mm -hmm. alone. Right. I'm not talking about beatings. I'm not talking about uh, mommy saying a bad word to you. And, and I'm talking about emotional reality of right now. Mm -hmm. You're feeling whether you know it's tied to something from your childhood or an event from before. Or, but whatever you get triggered by, 
you you need to work on this because this is the part that's preventing you from coming up with more creative ideas. Mm. These traumas mm -hmm. hold you back from being able to be in touch with yourself on a level that you hadn't before. And this kind of sounds a little weird to some people because they're like, well, what are you talking about? It's like, are you the sum total of all your thoughts in terms of what you think you are and what you're identified by? I am, my name is John Paul Rice. I live at this address. I, I am a film producer. No, you're not. I mean, you are on the stage yeah. of the film and everything, but you're so much more. Exactly. And if yeah. you look at children, yeah. you'll see that. Mm -hmm. You see that yeah. there's some magic there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's nothing. Uh, my favorite thing on the planet to do is watch all three of my kids interact with each other Plain. when they're playing. It's like you said, it's magic. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll lose myself in whatever they're doing. It could be something as silly as them just, you know, uh, making up their own game to play. And then I remember mm -hmm. doing that as a child. But when you watch them do it, it brings you back to this little, little like warm spot. You know what I mean? And and the more you watch it, the I'll I'll lose myself in that. And then when I kind of snap back to reality, the biggest smile on my face, and you just feel so much better about everything because mm -hmm. they're. They're not worried about everything else that's going on around them, right? right? They're more concerned about what's going on in the moment and and what they can do to have more fun, you know? Right. Eventually, you know, the kids, they break down, someone gets hurt or get upset or whatever as part of the process. But just to watch these kids interact with each other, mm -hmm. it blows my mind because they're already so socially developed on a scale that adults don't ever think about, right? Because we got to get up, go to work, pay bills, you know? I, I need to put gas in the car, things like that. And they're not worried about anything. Right. And, and all they're worried about is, is just being. And that's my favorite thing in the world to see. That, is, that yeah. is what we're born to be. We're really born to be that way, guys. It's not, I mean, we can talk about, you know, well, there's taxes. And all, yeah, there, there's all that, but... There's got to be a sense of play that comes mm -hmm. forward in us. And this is the thing. It's like, I can't tell you what you should do, but it's right. like, if you find something, if, if, if it just comes down to you turning up the music for 20 minutes a day and just dancing your ass off like a fool and yeah. it gets you high and excited for life, or if you have some kind of hobby that's completely obscure to the rest of the world and it's not mm -hmm. to start your own business, but it's just something you love doing, yeah. do it. You've got to stimulate that creativity. You've got to take yourself out of the world of thought. Absolutely. You can't be right. there. I mean, meditation, sure. Prayer is great, but you must act. Mm -hmm. You have to put it into mm -hmm. some kind of thing. I love going into nature. I go for walks in nature every day. Um, that's, that's the thing that gets my day going, gets me mm -hmm. set. All right. So that's my routine. And I can incorporate other things into it, but have one thing, just one yeah. thing. It doesn't mean anything to anybody else. doesn't matter if anybody sees it or not. It's your, your play, your joy. Yeah. And the more you, you work that muscle, the more it will start to stimulate and your brain will change, man. Mm -hmm. It will change. It's not that it's going to make all the problems of the world go away. But you're going to be less dependent on all the things that you can't control. You let go and you focus on what's right in front of you, what's important to you. And that's what you're supposed to enjoy. Those children, I mean, I just, I, I don't call myself a Christian, established Christian. I probably would be at odds with most of them <laughs> um, just in terms of the, the 
understandings of things. Yeah. Um, but I understand all the tenants. I look at Christ and I go, what did he say? He said, unless you humble yourselves like these children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. And you go, well, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean, does that mean I'm going to hell? It's like, no, you'll live. You won't live the fullness that you could. Right. What these children are right now. And mm-hmm. you don't lose that because you become an adult. If I'm yep. telling you that the education system is literally designed to take convergent and divergent thinking, these are two parts of our brains. Convergent is the brake on mm-hmm. our car, and divergent is the gas pedal. And if they're taking the gas pedal, which is your imagination on the simple level, mm-hmm. endless manifestations of play like those children are doing, right. that, that broom is a horse. Yep. That's a real horse. Yep. You know, they're lost in their mind. But but what the education system does is it takes that and it fuses it with our break. And mm-hmm. so all of a sudden that goes far, far away. And we get we get moved away from this. Look at it this way. When you're a child, you're playing every single friggin' day. Yep. And then as a kid, when you go to school, you've got playtime and you've got nap time. Yep. And then you've got summertime. Well, then when you become an adult, what happens then? No you got summer. two weeks. Yep. You got two weeks, dude. <laughs> yeah. And your weekends to drink and watch football. Yeah. Okay? You know, my, my, my son asked me during, during his summer break, because uh, he's going into the second grade now, right? So he's not a seasoned vet when it comes to summer break. So he goes, Dad, when are you going on summer break? And I'm like, that's not how it works, bud. I said, honestly, <laughs> I would love nothing more than to take all of this time off with you and do whatever we want. Unfortunately... If you want to eat dinner tonight, I have to go to work, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, we, we definitely made sure that his summer, he was having, you know, plenty of play dates with his friends. We we're going out doing things, even if it was to the drive-in movies, you know what I mean? Or, or he wants to spend the day with his grandparents and he, he loves, um, Legos. He'll create these amazing worlds out of, just a handful of pieces and he'll talk to you for hours about what they mean, what they do, what this piece does. And he's a chatterbox, right? So it gets to the point where I'm like, but you've repeated yourself several times now. Right. But it's like that I would choose to listen to five hours of Minecraft. I have no idea what he's talking about than going to work at any point in time. And it's not because I would rather, do be doing something else, but because of work, but it interests him so much that it interests me. You know what I mean? I, I can tell you one thing about, about Minecraft, but for him to be so passionate about certain things at yeah. such a young age, regardless of, of, of whether it's Minecraft or Legos, it's, mm-hmm. it shows me that his imagination is still very, very strong. Yes. And these are the and foundations. These exactly. are the foundations that are, that are, you call them Legos today, another time it's an entire building. Exactly. And and yeah. he's and he's so and his, his his younger brother and sister are the same way, you know, but he's 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 just developing in this in this way that it makes me happy to see because there are other children his age and it seems like those kids are about 15, 16 years old, you know, like nothing matters. I just want to listen to music and play on my phone. And it's super sad to see because it's like they skipped over a good seven years of their childhood and they're already in these stages of 
you know, where we would normally be in our adolescence and, yeah. and, they, and they already missed all of this. You know what I mean? They're already talking about, you know, grown up topics and, and it's like, what, what happened? You guys missed everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, uh one, one last thing I wanted to, I wanted to say, John, and then boy, if you have any final questions, we'll kind of wrap up tonight and John yeah, will give you I a chance you to. You guys have been great. I don't, oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, this has been phenomenal. This is, top five episodes we've Absolutely. done this year to date. Oh, thank you. Um, we'll, we'll give you a chance to shout out your, your films and where people can find you and follow you. Um, but you had mentioned something earlier about um, children, very young, telepathically being able to, our thoughts, our emotions, they, they sense it, they feel it, they know it. And boy, I had mentioned this to you mm-hmm. one time and I was talking to my wife about it one night. So, so our son is, uh, Almost five months old, so he's still a little guy. Mm-hmm. Super happy guy. He he's pissed when he's hungry and he's tired, and that's it. Same, but he's he's happy all the time, right? Like, yeah, me too, me too. Um, but he's happy all the time. And um, we were sitting on the couch one night, and it's like I don't know seven, eight o'clock at night. He's getting kind of tired, but he's kind of winding down, still happy. And he will look off into the corner of the room. Nothing there. And he'll laugh and smile. And so I pose this question to my wife. And I'm like, he just came from this, uh, lack of a better term, spirit world, right? Mm -hmm. He hasn't been polluted by our world yet. Right. Right? We'll leave him out of that as long as we possibly can. Right. But I was like, do you think he can see things that we can't from the world he just came from? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's like a relative or or uh, an angelic being, um, something that obviously made him laugh, mm-hmm. or like unless he's amused with paint, I guess, <laughs> maybe, you know, but mm-hmm. he's seeing something that we can't because he still has this level of innocence. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I was talking to Boy about this, and he was like, man, I tell you what, yeah, it was a trip. Yeah. Because he still does it, yeah. you know, to... And it was just when you were talking about, you know, like children just ingrained in these first seven years of their life. And then they have this telepathic ability to to communicate and sense, especially what your parent, what the parents are doing. Right. Mm -hmm. If we're upset, he's upset. Yeah. If, you know, like if we're stressed out, he's fussy. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe we should cut back on that shit. (laughs) You can feel all the, yeah, they, they absorb all of the energy that you don't see and they're hyper. I mean, we're all born this way, but obviously some of us, as you see, as we get older, it changes. Right. And he can feel everything. It Freud, I don't agree with Sigmund Freud's conclusions on a lot of things about children, but one of the things he did say that was true is he said that he speculated that if all of us were to experience what it would be like to be a newborn again right now, we would be overwhelmed. Absolutely. Yeah. Some people would lose yeah. their minds because it's a total psychedelic world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not to say, oh, does my child see spirits or not? No, children, children can feel and sense things um, not the same way like animals can, you know, right. when dogs and cats can see because they have night vision and all that. But they can sense presences of of beings that we don't Absolutely. Uh, see. 
Mm-hmm. And this is why child abuse is so um, important to at least my cause in this time is to tell parents, listen, we, we can't be sitting here arguing over this anymore mm-hmm. with all the observable evidence of the manifestation of horror that's going on on the streets of America and the world. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about government tyranny. I'm talking about people killing each other at point mm-hmm. blank range that don't even know each other. Exactly. Uh, those are trajectories that were long on their way, way before that moment happened or even four years ago. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. the preciousness and the magnificence and the beauty of children, they're the closest thing that we have to God on this planet in human form. And our, our, our evolution, if you really want to call the real evolution is that we are trying to get closer and closer to God as we raise up our children Mm -hmm. in each generation, that it's not uh, just a religious doctrine and belief, but that. This is not the Luciferian. The Luciferian program of what I'm, I know because a lot of people go, oh, this is New Age. No, no, no. Luciferian right, right. New Age is knowledge. Mm-hmm. God in the sense of knowledge. Yep. A being greater than all because of its, of its possessed abilities that in relation to the world of man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about is born in spirit, divine gifts that each child comes into this world with maybe different, some stronger than others. I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but what you're talking about and what they can see, I can tell you that if you want to get the closest thing to that, and I don't recommend people go and play with this because it really, you can, it's fire, Mm -hmm. but psychedelics are the closest thing that can get you there. But I don't recommend people go and drop in, uh, mushrooms or smoking, you know, getting taking a hit at DMT to go see this stuff. Because <laughs> the truth of the matter is, you don't know what's also out there. Yeah. And children, because right. they're divine, they don't see the darkness unless it's brought into them first, and then right. they will manifest that. So, just to be clear, what you're saying is absolutely true in my belief and what science has said about children and their minds and everything because they are beings that don't even know what they are. So they're just yeah, yeah. presence and they're, and they don't have, like when they look outside, I, I mean, I, I just tell people when, when the children look up outside and they look at these trees and they don't know what the hell that is. Yep. Yeah. But, it's but all brand the new. tree is playing with the child mm-hmm. in its mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And this is where we are. We're kind of like lost because we've said that's a tree. Yeah. That's grass and and i'm not saying oh god he's one of these hippie dudes it's like no just kidding no you're absolutely right yeah you know what i'm saying it's like (laughs) yeah that's that's why it's so amusing to the child you know and 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 i think that's the thing people forget is especially you know big countries big countries little one is so small every single experience is brand new oh yeah you know that's so wild because you don't really think about that as a parent you're thinking, how do I keep this little mogwai alive? You know, <laughs> and, and then you really start to sit down. Yeah, exactly. And then you start to really think about, like, man, this is all so brand new, you know. And uh, and to be quite honest, it wasn't until, uh, at least for me, my wife's experience would probably be far different. But it wasn't until we had our second, because then it was like we have that weight off. We know that we're going to be able to to feed her, keep her alive, make sure her diapers change and everything. But it was, that's when we were really kind of 
I guess settled down enough to to start to recognize things like that. Like, you know, she's really staring at clouds. She's really watching the curtain oh, yeah. blow in the wind, and and that those experiences are are something we take for granted for sure as adults. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's so, amazing. Anyway, I'm glad you brought that up, and thank you for mentioning that because I, I I didn't have a practical way, but because you're a parent, you can see those moments in children mm-hmm. where they kind of like, what, what are they looking at? Yeah. What are they, <laughs> what are they laughing at? What are they, what are they perceiving? Anyway, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fascinating world. It's a bigger it world out there than we know. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. No, at, at first I was like, is our house fucking haunted? <laughs> How's he looking at? We're moving. Native American <laughs> burial ground. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what was here before. Shit. Um, John, dude, this was a wild episode. This is great. Freaking phenomenal, man. So deep. So many different avenues we went down. That was great. Yeah. Um, we gotta do it again for Absolutely. sure. Sure. In in the future. Um, maybe we'll do a live show with you, bring some people on, they'll probably want to ask you questions. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. But uh tell everybody where they can find you. How can they watch your films? Where can they find all those? How right. can they support you? So if you wanted to connect with me on social media or any kind of account, I'm at no restrictions on almost every platform. Um, <clears throat> to find my work, if you want to see a child's voice, which is still available on Vimeo.com in both English and Spanish subtitles, um, there's rentals and I think a download under 10 bucks. Um, Vimeo on demand. And you can... You can look up a child's voice there or you can go to my website, no restrictions, ENT, or if you just Google no restrictions entertainment, you'll find our website. You'll be able to see our other movies there. Um, and if you want to connect, um, with me on all of the stuff that I'm into, if you go to my link tree at no restrictions, you'll find the game day, uh, go fund me there for 10 bucks guys. We'll give you a digital copy of the movie, 20 bucks. We'll give you some of our other films. If you give us a hundred bucks, we'll give you your name in the credits plus a whole bunch of other perks, all of our other movies. Um, but oh, right the thing is, is we're just doing, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the, those are the, those are the links there. Um, that's the best way to reach me. Awesome. That's so that's cool. Awesome. Dude, um, John, this has been great. Uh, you ever want to do a movie like about the new world order? I'll be the protagonist, but I'll be the stunt double. You know what I mean? Yeah, clearly, because we we look so similar. (laughs) I like that. I like that. We'll do do like some kind of Hogan, you know, bring back Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Man, John, again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, this we do great. appreciate it. Real pleasure. We'll definitely have you back on the future. Unfortunately, Chris had to bail, but... uh, but he, I know he was enjoying it. It was, it was hard for him to step away from this no, one. So, well, let me just say this: God bless all three of you for being oh, great fathers to children, and for thank standing you. up for what's right. And uh, you know, the main thing is, is just to hold love in your heart and speak the truth and live Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and that's how things are going to change. Yeah. There is no more system to vote on or save. Um, I'm not saying you give up, but you, you really do need to look at your your self-reliance and, and your sovereignty mm-hmm. and really take deeply that goes beyond your vote and your politics, but it really is your state of being now because the truth of the matter is even if all this goes away tomorrow, we still have to deal with ourselves and each other. And um, 
I'll do whatever I can. And I know you guys will too. And you're raising a next generation of beautiful children that are going to inherit this earth. So God bless you all. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Thank man. you. Thank you. Uh, John Paul Rice, man. Real Truth Hooligan. So that is it for this episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcast. I've been Big Country. And I'm Boy. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Talk to you then. Thanks, guys. To get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You ain't saying this whole. Donald Trump Putin and shit. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. By order of the hooligans, welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar.